Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I stunk that up, didn't I, fellas? You tried, though. That's it was, a tough it one, was a good effort. It was, it was a little sloppy, like the Nuggets' last regulation uh, possession there. You were Jokic in the corner. He gave it his best, that's all. Well, we got a new intro here. Way to stay on brand. Oh. The green flag. Teeing off. Mackie and Judd are on the air. Getting things started with something we like to call the opening bell. Towns, Bates, Jokic, out of the Derrick Rose comes up with a rebound. Crawford leaked out, but the pass was a little bit too long. And then Jimmy Butler says, I got your back. Millsap gets it in. Jokic has it knocked away. What a defensive play. And Taj Gibson has been the glue guy all season long for the Timberwolves. Delivers yet again. To be in the playoffs is huge. Um, this part of the, the year, um, with what we endured with injuries and, and guys being out, um, the resiliency of these guys to uh, come together now of, of all times and get a big win like this one. 14 years. It's over. 14 years. It's finally over. It is finally over for our Minnesota Timberwolves. That was a lot of fun and, last night. And of course, like in true. Tom Thibodeau, Jimmy Butler, Taj Gibson, team fashion. They have to grind it to the 82nd game. Yep. Grind it to the final minutes of regulation and then to the final seconds of overtime. Yeah, but besides that, grind it was, it that far. Besides that, Phil, it was very yes. easy. Besides that, there were no problems at all to make it to the playoffs for the first time after a, well, 13-year drought into the 14th year. Um, let me throw this at you to start with. There's a million ways we can go. We're, we're going to be all in on, obviously, Wolves, Wild, and Twins on today's show. Um, if you define most valuable player, I think there's two ways that you can look at most valuable player in any sport. One would just be who's the best player. Like, who's the best player? But then the other way that I think most people define it is who is the player that you can least afford to lose or the team result will suffer Jimmy Butler has to be. I know he missed a quarter of the season, but like Jimmy Butler's on that short list. The, I mean, Jimmy Butler, the energy, the chemistry, the leadership, the productivity that he creates just with his presence on the court, Yep. his presence on the sidelines, in the locker room, he's incredible. He spent the entire first half of that game kind of feeling it out, feeling out the flow of the game and feeling out you know, the nuggets, setting up Wiggins for wide open corner threes, get him involved, setting up Carl Anthony Towns, for a big first quarter, second quarter, knowing that those guys have to be engaged for the whole time. It's a, it's a completely new scenario for them. So he understood the importance of getting these inexperienced young players going in the first and second quarter 
and then he's playing lockdown defense. He's taking big shots in the second half. It was a it was a perfect, albeit somewhat flawed, and that he missed some free throws at the end. <laughs> but was, it was like a it was a flawed game ball. It was a yes. perfect game plan by Jimmy Butler as a leader and as for my money. I think LeBron James is the true MVP, but but Jimmy Butler's on a short list. So the the first half, actually, uh, from Butler's standpoint, reminded me of what we saw from Butler in the first part of this year, which was he didn't try and dominate as far as scoring. He actually tried to incorporate teammates, which, which was smart. Um, but what impresses you, and you knew this was coming, so he comes back uh, two games ago against the Lakers, 23 minutes in that game. Then they play Memphis on, what, Monday night? And he plays 23 in that game. So he's so he's coming back from a from knee surgery, by the way. And you knew last night it was go, it was going to be on. The only question was how much. And he ends up playing 41 minutes in that game. But yes, his what's weird about this is as frustrating as this season has been at times, as frustrating as this team has been at times, the goal was accomplished to this degree. You went and got Butler. And you went and signed Taj, who scored, I believe, only eight points last night, but had some absolutely crucial defensive stops. You went and made those moves predicating it on one thing. It was going to expedite your process to make the playoffs. And they got there. And they got there. It wasn't pretty. It was frustrating. At times last night from both sides, it was ugly. It was fun. Yeah. But that being said, you did what Tibbs was trying to do, which was... You made the playoffs, and Butler was the absolute linchpin to why you're, you're going to the playoffs. And now you're probably going to get yeah. swept by Houston, but you're still there, right? I mean, and, and I mean, obviously, like we have, we have grounded this talker into dust the last two months. The Timberwolves' future, Tom Thibodeau as a coach, Andrew Wiggins, and all the different pieces. Uh, I, I think it's pretty safe to say there's a gray area here, and that number one, it's awesome that. This team just snapped a decade and a half long playoff drought. It's the third longest playoff drought of the four major men's team sports. The Seattle Mariners, it's been almost 20 years for the Seattle Mariners since they went to the playoffs. Um, And then the Cleveland Browns, it's been, I don't know, something like 15 years or 14 years for the Browns. So, yes, it's awesome. Target Center, you were inside Target Center last night. That's a, that's an energy and a vibe that basketball fans in the Twin Cities and in the state of Minnesota have been craving for a long, long time. <laughs> yeah, uh, with with that much on the line, but you know, obviously, there's still a lot of questions about the upside of this team going forward, the uh, construction, the coaching. But you can put all that aside for at least the next few days until they start right. to play the Rockets in the playoffs and celebrate this so, accomplishment. So you grew up a Wolves fan. This, this is the. I like this team, but it's far far more your team. How do you feel today with this final, as a fan? So so strip out the, I don't like Tibbs, blah, blah, blah. But strip away all of the crap for just a second. And for the first time in 14 years, the Wolves are going to the playoffs. How do you feel? Like, I keep keep flashing, I I keep thinking about Flip Saunders today. I definitely keep thinking about Flip Saunders, because he came back to the organization and, and promised a return to... I don't know if glory is the right word, but like a return to relevance and a return to playoffs and meaningful big-time basketball games inside Target Center. And he's the one that laid the groundwork. Carl Anthony Towns, whatever credit you want to give to Andrew Wiggins, uh, m- making sure that they had a lot of flexibility with assets and salary cap and, and draft picks so that Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden could take over and make whatever moves they wanted to, right? And so 
I'm thinking about Flip a lot today. I think this is exactly what Flip Saunders envisioned with Carl Anthony Towns being uh, this beast of a player who sticks his flag in the ground inside of a sold-out arena. And, like, Carl Anthony Towns, Jim, Jim Peterson actually nailed it early in the game. You could see that this is... He's engaged on a regular basis. Like, engagement is no problem. But that's the most all-in I've seen Carl Anthony Towns. He went to that next level last night with Jimmy Butler. And he got to feel what that next level was like. Whether they get swept or not by Houston, like, you can put that in your tool belt going forward. And it's meaningful. And I yes. think yes. I think Flip envisioned atmospheres like that and games like that for Towns and Wiggins. Immerse yourself. Get used to it, just like KG and Marbury did yep. in 1996, 1997. By the way, Jim Pete will join the show at 11 o'clock. We should mention that today. Jim Beautiful. Pete at 11 o'clock. So th- this brings up an, an interesting point, because we can always say, well, they're going to play Houston, and they're going to get swept. But last night and the Houston series are why I, I think you can make a case that making the playoffs is a good thing, because the experience that this this roster got last night is invaluable. I mean, you don't... This team has not played in a game like this in how long? And and this collection of players, now Butler and, G- and Gibson have, but when you look at Wiggins, when you look at Towns, the young players on this team have, I don't think, ever played in a game like last night. They're now going to play, and it might be just four games, but they're now going to play in four games that they have never experienced before. And to your tool belt point, I think that's a good one because you are now going to give them experience that they have never gotten before, at least in this league. I mean, there's a lot of emotions. Um, I was just talking to our security guy about it, Dwight, and I was telling him that parents are crying, everyone's really excited, and I'm excited, but it's hard to adjust to pure excitement right away because you always, in game mode, you feel like there's another 30 seconds a minute. So um, I, I told him, I said, I'll probably today... Um, I'll probably fall asleep tonight, wake up in the middle of the night and start crying because it'll hit me and you know what happened. I thought that this was a good opportunity for our young guys to grow and learn, you know, and uh, so I'm proud of them. Uh, We're in, but I don't want us to feel good about just being in. I want us to be ready. Yeah, so uh, the, the schedule is out. They have like two days this, between games, so it's, this is the, the NBA is going to straight playoffs. Hey, man. they're going to get like nine days in the playoffs minimum, so at least they, <laughs> at least they, they can they can get a week and a half for sure in the playoffs. But the first game is going to be is it Sunday, correct? It's Sunday. Sunday, at 8 Wednesday, o'clock. Saturday is the schedule. Yes, yeah. So they, yeah, they they come back here. The first game back here, game three, will be on Saturday, April twenty first, six thirty p.m. start. But yeah, if this thing and it won't, but if this thing goes. Seven games. We're talking April 29th. Ding, ding. Cross for Ehlers gives to Stastny. Drops for Lion A. Shooting scores. Like the predator he is. Lion A strikes. And the Jets have tied it. Here's Ehlers back of the net. He'll play it to the line. Morrow scores. Bullseye. We gave them the third goal or the second goal. And uh, the third goal was a deflection off our stick. They were coming, but uh, I thought we were we were handling it. And we made a, a couple of young mistakes, and it was in. I mean, we can play a lot better than what we played tonight. There's no doubt in my mind. But, uh, um, you know, they, they got the momentum from the crowd, and they kept coming. All right. Well, missed opportunity, yeah. gentlemen. Missed opportunity. Uh, goal number two last night was, a- as we predicted, this would happen. And Dubnik has to, and I said, Dumba's going to turn the puck over, correct? He did. 
Line A gets the puck in new, in the neutral zone, in intercepts. Comes into the zone, gives it to, uh, to Stasny, who passes back to Line A, who beats Dubnik glove side. Now, in Dumba's defense, he played 30-plus minutes in that game. But you knew that he was going to turn the puck over in a key situation at least once. He did. That's goal two. Uh, goal three was a uh, actual deflection of Charlie Coyle. I don't know what Charlie was trying to do because it didn't look like he was trying to block the shot. And it didn't look like he was trying to get out of the way of the shot. And so he deflected the shot. So he did score a goal, unfortunately, <laughs> on his own goaltender. Um, but this was, Congratulations, but, I guess. But this was the game that you could have had. This was first period. It's scoreless. Uh, if you go and look at time of possession in the offensive zone, the Jets dominated you. But Dumnik played great, which is which is what we talked about all week long. So then you get to the second period, and the Jets take a lead. The Wild comes back in the third period. The Wild takes a 2-1 lead. This is the type of game where you could have escaped with a game one win, and, and they scored Parisi's goal, which put them up 2-1, to one, shut that crowd up. So all of a sudden, that crowd goes quiet. That's the greatest thing that can happen. Unfortunately, they come right back and score. But this was so much of what happened last night was the definition of how you steal a hockey game in the playoffs, and they screwed it up. I thought the uh, the Grandland to Parisi goal to put them up two to one. I thought that was it. I thought, oh man, yeah. you just got outskated for an hour and a half, and you just went two on one, cashed in, tic tac toe. And now you just have to lock it down for I can't remember how much time was left exactly when they scored that goal, but it felt like wow, they just overcame all of the you know the, the early adversity, and now they're in a spot where they're up two to one. It felt like this we well, this is going to steal game one, absolutely. And now it kind of feels like yeah, you're right. That was their chance to steal a game. Maybe we'll see what happens here uh, in game two this weekend. But yeah, yeah, I got I got to be honest. Of the three things yesterday, the so so much positivity at Target Field with Max Kepler's walk off. After they blew an 8-1 lead and Max Kepler walks off, and then uh, the Wolves capping the night with, with excitement, the Wild and their Buzz Killington blown lead in the third period are uh, kind of an afterthought today for a lot of Minnesota sports fans. Oh, Step not, up to the plate. Not for, not for me, it's not. Of course not. No shots. Ambulance chaser McGee no, no, over no. here. No, no, no. Mr. Hockey, no shots in an 11-02 span of the third period. Period and by the way, yeah, we know it was bad. They lost. And it was by, negative. And by the by the way, a lot of people very upset on Twitter that I would that I would have the audacity to go to a basketball game and not stay home and watch hockey. The Timberwolves have the chance to make the playoffs for the first time in a 14 year period. Listen, folks, I'm going to go to the basketball game. Okay, and I hate to make this like let's come back. Let's talk. Let's talk with Chip about this. I think the the biggest fallacy in Minnesota sports the last decade plus is that this isn't a basketball town. B.S. And last night showed you if you if you put a decent meal on the table for basketball fans, they will feast. So we can talk about that. Uh, like we said, we're all in on Wild Wolves and Twins today. A lot of fun stuff from yesterday. Jim Pete will join the show at 11. Chip Scoggins hanging out with us the rest of the hour from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. Roy Smalley at 11.30. Twins and White Sox this weekend. Not sure how many games they're going to get in, but... Uh, two out of three from the Astros ain't bad. It's Mackie and Judd from the TCL Broadcast Studios. Wolves, a playoff team for the first time in 14 years. Mackie and Judd are back. Man, that sounds good. On 1500 ESPN. Clobbered and crushed and gone! The first walk-off this year for your Minnesota Twins. <laughs> Max Kepler, a two-home run ball game. Towns fakes Jokic out and then slams it home. Oh, baby. All right, Timberwolves. 
Tibbs, okay. Dude, Tibbs is jacked for this playoff run. <laughs> Hi, Chips right. Goggins. Hi, guys. I'll defend Tibbs. <laughs> jacked, dude. Tib, Tibbs, so, so there were some, I don't know if they were fans or employees in, in the press conference. And they they gave Tom a, a applause, a round oh, of applause, like wait, okay. way to go, wait, way to go, Tibbs. And that's when he came back with yeah. that very excited response. For sure. <laughs> All right, Timberwolves. And then you know you fired up. You know, you know the man went back to his office and grinded Rockets film oh, a, until five this morning. You know he did. All right, Timberwolves. Yeah, he didn't sleep, right? I think no, I think, oh, I think Jimmy was not. saying in the, in the uh, locker room after the game that he was and I don't think he was joking. Yeah, Tibbs is going to celebrate. We're going to celebrate this tonight. I don't think Tibbs is going to sleep. No. Only got a couple days to prepare for uh, the best offensive team in the league. Yeah, he went straight to watching film of uh Harden and Chris Paul and those and how we're going to defend them. Yep. He yeah. he didn't sleep a wink. Um well, so Chip, this is uh yeah. I mean, first time in 14 years and I said it before the commercial break that this isn't a basketball town. I mean, look at look at if you're a, if you're a hungry basketball fan, and basketball goes back. I was tweeting with some people this morning. Basketball goes back a hundred years in yeah. this state. I mean, there is a basketball heritage in this state, and I think between the Gopher basket, the Gopher men's basketball program, and the Timberwolves, they haven't given yeah. those fans a lot to feast on. But obviously, those basketball fans are everywhere. There might even be more of them passionately than hockey fans, which is crazy because it's the state of hockey. They've just been starving for a night like that for so long. Yeah, it's just been dormant. And yes. That's all it is. I mean, this absolutely is a great basketball state. And anyone who disputes that hasn't been around when the basketball is good. I mean, I go back to when KG was here when they were a regular playoff team, 03-04. Target Center was a fun, lively, tough ticket. Right, that's a great place yeah. uh, back then. Uh, Definitely to go. I remember when, just real quick paying like to, to sit lower bowl during the the peak of the KG era. This is fourteen years ago. Yeah. Paying like seventy five bucks yeah. a ticket for like an upper lower bowl, and that's that's a decade and a half ago. Well, you remember how great those games were? Where I mean, KG was MVP and place was full, and you had uh, coach on the sideline banging the thing, and I mean, <laughs> I mean it was just yeah. it was Stock, a stockbroker yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, and then also. Jiggly. And you go back, and you mentioned it, too, when the Gophers are good and that barn is rocking, yes. don't tell me this is not a basketball community. It is. When you look at high school basketball and the number of kids playing basketball, don't tell me this is not a basketball state. It is. It absolutely is. And so I think now people are – I think people just forgot how good it is because the basketball has been so bad in this in this market for so long. But um, absolutely, if you give them something to cheer about, they'll, they'll definitely come. What do you think that th- this now does – for the, the Wolves as far as going forward. Do you think that this is this is truly turning a corner? Do you yes. think it's a quick fix? What's your observation or analysis of what this means for the franchise? Yeah, I never understood that whole argument of some fans saying, oh, I'd rather not get in the uh, playoffs and lose to the Rockets. Why? I'll talk to Phil about this. Really? For, so you're saying no, that there's no... What do you mean? That yeah, I know there's some fans that say, well, what's the point of getting in the playoffs if you're just going to get swept by the Rockets? I'd rather have draft picks. That's I, I don't... I don't buy that. I think there's least. So as someone who rode the fence a little on that, not not because there's no value in getting to the playoffs. I I don't want to even like this is a day of celebration. Yeah, okay, yeah. this is a day of this is a day to celebrate your wins. This is not a day to uh, moan and gripe about. And there's like if they would have lost that game last night, there's a long list of things to moan Correct. and gripe about, yeah, right? Yeah. And we could we could sit here and do that show. So I don't want to turn it into that show, but. Um, like I do think there's a lot of questions about Tom Thibodeau and the future and where this franchise is headed, regardless of what happened last night. 
But I don't want to talk about yeah, that today. Yeah, no. I think this is a day for celebration and a day to say, you know what? This team accomplished something, flawed or not. I think that was an absolute, this is a positive in a number of ways. One, having to go through and win that game the way they did. That that was like one of the few times this year where you said, man, that's what you want to see. Yeah. It's invaluable experience for guys like I mean, Towns. It was yeah. incredibly competitive. And um, to see Wiggins have to step up and make two free throws after he's been a poor free throw shooter all year. Um, I love it before the second one. Yeah. Nuggets players walking up to him, getting yeah. in his ear. Come on, buddy. You know, just sixty-five percent. Come on now. But Butler, but before he took him, Butler goes up to him and go and starts talking. You know, I, you can do this. You can do this. <laughs> Wiggins says, "Get out of my way. Move. Just <laughs> move. move. Yeah. But, that's, but yeah. good for him. Yeah. That's what. That's what you want. Yeah. I mean, that, Jimmy, those were clutch free throws. Those, those were clutch free throws. And I know you can't maintain that urgency over eighty-two games. I mean, because that's a special situation there but you saw what they can be when they play hard and they're and it wasn't always great I mean those last two possessions made you want to pull your hair out in, in regulation but um just having to win that game and be in that environment and now just seeing what the playoffs are like I mean they're going to yes. benefit from this I don't it's hard to put a you know qualify it but it's I mean having to face a really good team and being in playoffs regardless of what happens I don't care if they get swept it's still going to be a positive thing for them and then it's a tangible sign of progress. And then you come back next year and you're even better. You get a three seed or two, whatever. And so I think it's, um, I absolutely think it's reason silver. And they would have been the three seed because they, they finished, what, two games back of the three seed. So if mm-hmm. Jimmy Butler doesn't miss a, a quarter or a third of the season, whatever, the whatever if it was, a 20, yeah. 20 some games. 17. Yeah, well, he missed it early ones. The 25 yeah. game, yeah. whatever it was. But like they, they would have been the three seed. I still think, so if they, if, if Jimmy had stayed healthy and they were the three seed, We'd feel better about the path to get to the playoffs, but sure. there'd still be a lot of things that drive us nuts about the way that they look and Tom Thibodeau and, oh. and Andrew Wiggins. I can I say that I do think sometimes we overrate playoff experience. Like just give me the better team most often. Correct. But it's not irrelevant. Reference points do matter. And and last night to get into that environment, and Carl Anthony Towns said it after the game. This was this was a night where you find out what's chess and what's checkers. Hmm. And this was chess tonight and managing your emotions. And uh, and 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 playing for something that's bigger than just yourself or statistics, it was all on the line, and the, and that experience does matter to at least some degree. Yeah, for sure. And I think you know, individually, like I said, Wiggins having to make free throws in a clutch situation where your season's over if, if you know if you lose that game, mm-hmm. that's going to benefit him. Um, I think what they'll when they get through all this and they'll look back, I think the one thing they'll take from this is all eighty-two games count. And when you have those duds against Orlando, um, Memphis, I mean, they lost six games to to the four worst teams. Phoenix. Phoenix. So it may not seem like it, but that Tuesday in November matters, or that Tuesday in January matters. You've got, I mean, because you're going to look back and it's like, man, we could have had a better seed and a yes. better draw. And I think that's ma- what you'll, and I think they'll say, yeah. Let's be more consistent next year with our effort. And it matters a lot more too when you're on the rise and you haven't done yeah. anything. If you're the Warriors yeah. and you're four years into a dynasty, it's you know, it's not that the regular season's irrelevant, but you can take your foot off the gas and still win 58 games. If you're the Wolves and you haven't done anything in 14 years, to treat those games against the Nets and the Suns, so that's a big takeaway from this and season there, and, for sure. I mean, and for me too. I mean, Towns has been terrific all year, but just like that determination he showed last night, he just felt like. Until they stopped throwing the ball in the fourth quarter, but early on yeah. it was that's another thing. You know, I'm going to some questions. I'm going to be assertive yeah. here, and I'm going to take this ball to the hole. I mean, how many dunks did he have just driving to the basket? Where he just kind of had the whole team just had that look of determination. Like 
they understood the the magnitude. There was no floating, no you know coasting. There was this urgency yeah, they that you've been wanting to they see. They played hard. Yeah, that the guy the guy to go to school on for me last night was Taj though. Yeah, because Taj's box score line is really not sexy, and he played hurt. And guess what? He had some huge defensive stops. Mm-hmm. If, if you if I wanted to show the film of last night's game to a a young guy who I was trying to get get it through to him what he has to do to be successful, Gibson's game is a perfect because you know eight points. The, the rest of the starters I think scored in in double fi- figures. Taj just he didn't, but he made some enormous defensive stops. Yeah, and and so much of sports and basketball and everything nowadays is stats driven yep. and analytics. Turn on that tape and watch the way that guy competed and was going after everything and the, the defense he put on Jokic. Because what did we say? He was, Jokic was two of eight in the fourth quarter. Yeah, after and being combined. phenomenal in the third. Yeah, quarter. Yeah, they couldn't stop him. And I mean, he had the two strips where he forces a turnover on one, he forces the bad three on the other. He forces uh, him to throw up that kind of wild left-handed layup that that was the air ball that they stopped and looked at. Yeah. So I mean, just <laughs> he missed everything. And he wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And he was just incredible. Um, but it's just his toughness and the way he competed was, man. That was. That was he's the guy you want to have on your team because mm-hmm. you know he's going to give you everything he has. Yeah. I mean, there, there's definitely. I'm getting way ahead here too, but there's there's some things you could do to tweak the roster to make a game like that even smoother, right? I th- like Jamal Crawford is a fun player to have around, and he's been fun to have on the show, and he's... you. I think if you could replace, like, Jamal Crawford and... If, if you could... Re- maybe you replace Gorgie Jang. A couple guys who are just a little bit more defensively centric and can yeah. bomb threes. There was, a, there was a point in the second half last night where the Wolves, they're playing with all this energy, and... They're all in. They're fighting. They're moving the ball until the later portion of the fourth quarter. And they do kind of a tic-tac-toe passing sequence that winds up with Gorgie Jang, bottom left corner, wide open for three, clanks it. And he's a pretty good shooter. He's more more of a mid-range sniper. And Jim Pete, who we'll have on here in about an hour and a half, Jim Pete goes, what an amazing amazing ball movement, just an amazing sequence. And and, and the end of the sequence winds up with your seven-foot center in the corner (laughs) shooting a three. And uh, and Dave Ben's kind of jumped in. He's like, "Well, you know, Gorgie's made some shots." And, and Jim Pete's like, "I'm not, I'm not ripping Gorgie. Yeah, it's, I'm saying like, all of this energy and that play and all the ball movement was great. But then you have like the guy who can't shoot a three, or like yeah. the roster is flawed in yeah. that spot. Well, they, yeah, I mean, you look at how much they turned over the roster in one off season. You're still going to need some work to get to that bench where you want it to be. And, yeah, I mean, it's better this year. Obviously, I mean. Crawford, he's kind of struggled here of late, but he, I mean, he's saved their bacon a couple times, and he doesn't stop. No, <laughs> he doesn't. He can be struggling. You have to take you know him what? out. It <laughs> doesn't bother him one bit. He's going to keep shooting for sure. That's what's made him great and made him survive this long in the league. Yeah. Though. We can open up phone lines here. Two chips hanging out with us from the Star Tribune: six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. If you have thoughts on the Wolves snapping their fourteen season stretch of no playoffs, more wild discussion, more twins, and again, Jim Pete at eleven. Roy Smalley at 11.30. We have a packed show today. It's Mackie and Judd. Let's talk about Chris Lindahl here and the seller workshops for a second. So it's uh, April 12th today, which means you have four days to uh, to sign up. Seating is limited. I believe there are still seats available. If you go to sellerworkshop.com, you can find out over the course of about an hour, hour and a half, you can find out all of the 2018 Chris Lindahl team Tricks and uh, and uh, marketing advantages to maybe help you make thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars more 
on the sale of your home. There's a reason why Chris Lindahl is the number one REMAX results team in America. Uh, People are still doing a lot of the same old, same old things when it comes to selling homes that they were doing 10, 15, 20 years ago, and that's wrong. And the Chris Lindahl team is on uh, the very uh, edge, the cutting edge of home selling and helping people earn the money that they deserve for the sale of their home. So sellerworkshop.com, if you want to partake, April 16th through the 18th, 763-401-SOLD. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. It's heard by well over 100 people. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Here's Healers back in the net. He'll play it to the line. Morrow scores! Bullseye! We gave them the third goal, or the second goal, and uh, the third goal was a deflection off our stick. They were coming, but uh, I thought we were, we were handling it, and we made uh, a couple young mistakes, and... It was in. I mean, we can play a lot better than what we played tonight. There's no doubt in my mind. But, uh, um, you know, they, they got the momentum from the crowd and they kept coming. Wild fans, what did I tell you? It was close on the scoreboard but not anywhere else. And I think I know why. The game was in Winnipeg. That is their ice. The Judbot. Very brief, brief thoughts. <laughs> wow. What's, what's wrong with Judbot? I expected much more elaboration from Judbot on that he's, subject. He sort of resigned to the West. That is their <laughs> ice. I think Judbot made his points clear yesterday, Dave, right? He just. Uh, he's made them clear for weeks. Yeah. It's going to be a short series, maybe five games, four or five games, and it'll be the end. They had their chances last night. You're up two to one, third period. You got that building quiet. You scored that second goal. You can't give it right back. That, and, and, and the thing about this, too, is. That that would have been the ultimate game to steal Chipper, yeah. Because you didn't play great, and and in the first period you basically got dominated. Dubnik played well, mm. so you get that game. Then let's say you lose on Friday game two, come back one one, you're in decent shape. Yeah, that that was a disappointing thing because, um, you know, the first goal Line A was screwing around. Uh, Back near the wild goal, he wasn't hustled back. He was jostling with somebody. I can't remember who the, the defenseman was, but it was just a. It was a. He got distracted. They lost their focus there briefly, and boom, Colin scores. And then you come back, and and Granlin has that just uh, crazy pass to um, assist to to Parisi, and they score. And then all of a sudden, you're that building's. Uh oh, <laughs> it got real quiet in there, and it got tense. And like you know, you wondered with their inexperience, Winnipeg's. In the playoffs, kind of how that's they would, what I was. If you could have just held on, on yeah. and kept your foot on the gas and not given up that quick goal to tie it to get him back in it, that's the one thing you don't know how the Jets are going to respond. That because there's always ebbs and flows in, in series, and a team that hasn't been through it hasn't experienced that yet as much as the Wild has. And so I think that they'll probably look back a little bit disappointed that they didn't steal that one because I think it was right there. With the Jets being a little bit on their heels, they, they, they made some they mistakes. The, the crowd yeah. was out of it, and so that was their time. But I, I still think they come back here. I think it's going to be a long series. I do. I, I just, um, I'll be surprised if it's not because I think the Wild can can win here. I think the Jets, uh, their inexperience will still show up some. Mm-hmm. And uh, but yeah, that that was kind of a bummer that they couldn't hold on to that lead. The, the Jets strike me as well, guys, as a team. They. They remind me in size and and their ability uh, to be physical of St. Louis last year, mm-hmm. but they're quicker too. But they're better, yeah. And that's the that's the thing. That's a good thing. I mean, and that's the thing about them. You can see they can turn it on. Yeah. And 
you know, Lion A's just a sniper and he's going to score. And, uh, you know, in the wild, just their, their margin for error is so small. Like on the Cole thing, you've got to either block it or get out of the way. And, and, he just hung Dubnik out to dry there. Or um, trade him at some point in time. <laughs> or, <yeah>. Like right now. <laughs> if you like Florida, Charlie, can we send you to the Panthers exactly. perhaps yeah. in, in June? <laughs> Did you guys, uh, the, the atmosphere was pretty cool. Awesome. I mean, if yeah. you can get past the fact that, like, the Wild are playing the Jets and you Wild fans. But, um, you know, that was some of the, the the aerial shots from the top of the arena where it's just a complete whiteout. And fans are going crazy. It's playoff hockey with a team that has a chance to go deep for the first time. It, it felt a little bit like when Oklahoma City and the Thunder, when they got that team and they went to the playoffs for the first time and they did the blue out. Yeah. And it's it's that first taste of playoffs or first taste of another rise arena atmosphere. And I, I love that. I think it's fun yeah. to watch. I got to be honest with you. It reminded me of Wild 2003. Yeah. Remember how that mm-hmm. the XL that year was just... I mean, your, your hair was standing up on except your arm. We, it was just so... Except we expected nothing then. Yeah. The, the pressure's but, on them okay, now. Okay, but it's but not, like, just like, take away, the environment. Yeah. Right, and yeah. take away that, I think I think the fact that in both... That's a great comparison, because in both those cases, you lost your team for a while and then got your team back. Yeah. And so you you went through this uncertain period. Are you going to get hockey back? Oh, hockey is back now, and you're uh, and you're on the rise again. Yeah, I, I remember... Uh, just we're what what you know what what's this going to be like in here? What's the environment? And that first game, it felt like the roof was going to blow off that uh, sucker, and it was it was fun. I mean, just every game in there was so um, so loud and 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 sustained. Do you remember when uh, was it uh, game six when Parks scored the OT yeah. goal to force it back to Colorado? And that the roof came off yeah. that place. That was that was fantastic. Yeah. So it, it, it yeah. I was watching it last night, and, and particularly like when you're watching the the national anthems and you see the player, you could just the emotion of NHL playoffs is is just incredible. Mm-hmm. And um, and and when you have an environment like that in that in that stadium in that arena, it's just it it brought back 2003 to me and how it felt in the X. Do you guys think that last night for the Wild was a, a, a complete 100% missed opportunity, or was it, hey, actually, you know what, we had that team on the ropes a little bit in the third period and could maybe duplicate that, if not cash in in game two and get home ice back? I think it's a missed opportunity. I don't think it's a like deal breaker, like it's going to be a sweep now. I don't, I don't think it's that. Um, and, and, you know, you hear, you hear Boudreaux say, well, you know, I, I think we can play better. Well, I, I guarantee you the Jets are going to say it's the same thing. I mean, every team says, ah, we can play better than what we did in game one. And it's probably true because yep. both, team prob- both teams were probably fighting a little bit of the, you know, the, the first game nerves of, of playoffs and, and they'll settle in as this as the series goes along. So I'm sure the Jets are saying, hey, I, I know they're probably saying, hey, Line 8, you can't be doing that and giving up a goal. You can't just, you know, lose your mind there for – that shift because or it just takes one, yeah it just takes one shift thing. and they score and then I think they learn a lesson there too that hey you got to be focused the whole time every shift you can't have none of that nonsense going on the key game is game three right because yeah. you got to come back here and what was it uh, four years ago now that they played the Avs and the the Avs weren't as good as the Jets are now but they were a good team that year I believe they won the division and if I'm not mistaken the Avs got up two rip. At home in that series, came back here and lost two. Yeah, went two two. Yeah, and that's hockey, right? Yes. But I just, I think last night is too bad because the formula through the Parisi goal, the formula was playing out really perfectly, which is you don't play a great game, but your goaltending's good, and now you're up two to one, and the building gets quiet, and the Jets start to doubt that themselves. What was weird was the Wild took the lead, gave it right back, 
And then sort of came mentally, it's not weird, it, it's the frustrating thing, if you're them, is they came unglued after that, because you're still a 2-2. But they just didn't get any shots. They didn't generate. I mean, I told you, you eleven go? plus minute period yeah. where they didn't get get a shot yeah. in the third period from the Parisi uh, shot to a Koivu shot. That's been a theme through multiple different coaches. The, the six year stretch here, Mike Yo. Uh, let's just we'll just go Mike Yo Boudreaux. Who's the guy that took over briefly? Torch. Torch yeah, was in there for yeah, a minute, yeah. and he coached them in the playoffs one year. But um, I think the common theme, whether they're playing St. Louis or the Blackhawks, the only series that they really ever dominated possession was last year, right? I mean, last year was the only series of the six where they've clearly been the most dominant possession team throughout the course of multiple games. Otherwise, the ice is always tilted against them. They've just... And some of that, like you're playing the Blackhawks in their prime, That's, and they're just like yeah. the best team in the NHL, mm-hmm. and they're going to tilt the ice, and maybe maybe Winnipeg is on the verge of that too here. But that's the annoying thing about watching some of these games where they're like they're just maybe looking to ice the puck to get the puck out of their own zone because it's been there for a minute <laughs> and a half. Trying to like, they're trying to flip it off. Five yeah. on five, yeah. for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, six five one six four six eight two five five open lines if you want. That was a fun day in Minnesota sports. Two out of three ain't bad. With the Twins walking off, Wolves going to the playoffs, and the Wild. Uh, Losing, having a lead in the third period. Six five one six four six eight two five five. Rick, you're on the show. Hey guys, great show. Enjoy it. Thanks, man. Um, I'm from Winnipeg, by the way. All right. Uh-oh. Uh oh. You're happy. Dubnik, Dubnik played great last night. I mean, he made 37 saves last night. Mm-hmm. And I think they're outshot 40 to 20. He's got to play good. I think yeah. Winnipeg just too deep for them right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my family were all at the game. I don't know if you guys know anybody that was there, but it's crazy. Look on Facebook. Unbelievable. It's going to be a great series. I think it's going to go six at least. But uh, Dubnik's got to step up. He's got to play great. See ya. Thanks, yeah, that's Thanks, And that's, uh, I, I think, well, listen, in playoffs, your goalie has to be great if you're going to do anything. You, just, you can't have average goaltending. Jake Allen last year. Yeah. Um, but even more so, you, you sort of felt like, when Suter got hurt and was out, and then you're going to be relying on a lot of young defensemen, that he was going to have to be more than great. He was going to have to steal. He's going to, you're going to need three or four of those saves a game. Where well, you're like, well, a, and the line A shot's a lot to ask. Just a sniper. But, but, there, yeah. but, Dumba, but Dumba's going to do. I mean, that's the, yeah. if you play Dumba as much as they're going as they did last night and are going to have to, he's not going to be perfect. Correct. And he's going to make yeah. some dumb passes, and and his parts of his game can help make up for that. But the question then becomes: Can Dubnik stop that shot? And it's a lot to ask. I'm not yeah, saying yeah. it's simple. Yeah. But I. But if you're going to win that series, guess what? When he makes yeah. when he makes an ill-advised pass that gets picked off, you almost have to have Dubnik stop it, or you're going to lose the exact type of game that you lost last yeah, night. Yeah, and that's and that's just a fact. You can say it's not fair or whatever, or you're, maybe you're being unrealistic. For him to be Superman, but guess what? He he's probably going to have to be at some yeah, point gotta, for you, stretches in this series. Yeah, it's it's I mean it's pretty simple from a macro perspective. If you think the Jets are better and are going to possess the puck longer and are going to generate and they have more top end talent and all these things, how do you make up for that gap? Well, Dubnik, stand in your head. Yeah, right? and and you've lost your best defense. Correct. You know, yeah. I mean, so you you've compounded. And it. I got news for you: Jets fans will travel. That's gonna be they, fun. They will. Yeah. Tra- St. Paul will be a bastion of drunkenness on. How many Sunday. fans will be in there? Jets fans. Uh, I bet they get a decent amount of tickets, and because they they always do. But I bet I bet they travel without tickets too. Yeah, just to have they're the, crazy. 
Just they'll like, just come down here and just sit to hang and, out at Tom Reed's they'll, and they'll sit what, 500, throw the bat blue at our heads. Yes. They'll, get that many? they'll, sit, they'll sit in your bars, they'll drink your beer, and I the, the one good thing is I don't think they'll fight. I think they're a rather <laughs> passive, I think they're a rather cool group of people. Keep your dirty maple syrup out of our <laughs> right. out of our bars in St. Paul. Yeah. Mackie and Judd hanging out with Chip. Please listen carefully. Mackie and Judd now continue. Let's go, people. Let's get it going. On 1500 ESPN. Save the day. The fourth annual Town Ball Classic returns to Target Field Saturday, May 26th. It's presented by 1500 ESPN and the Minnesota Twins. The day kicks off at 10 a.m. with the Class C game. Class B follows at 1. And then Class A action starts at 4 o'clock. All the games broadcast on 1500 ESPN. And if you want to get down to the ballpark, tickets are just $10 and good for the entire day. The proceeds from the event benefit the Twins Community Fund. For more info or to purchase your tickets, head to 1500ESPN.com. Keyword, town ball. Millsap gets it in. Jokic has it knocked away. All right, Timberwolves. <laughs> Tom Thibodeau fired up last night. That's about as excited you as go. you're going to get uh, Tom Thibodeau. All right, Timberwolves. Right there. <laughs> That's it. That's peak Tom Thibodeau. We're trying to think back. That tells you how long you've been here. I mean, makes you feel old when you think back to the last time they were in. What your life was like. Yeah. A lot different. <laughs> you got, yeah, you got that right. Yeah, yeah, well, there's gray hair. He says gray hair. Because I was young. Young, thinner. 33. Well, well, describe what we're... Let's start with Dave. Dave. Well, Dave, both of us were probably we were in college at the U of M. I was I a freshman. In college. You were a sophomore. I remember going to one of the games. Uh, a n- former neighbor of mine worked at a, a golf course that Wally Zerbiak played at a lot of the time. Wow. So he got us tickets for like I don't know what game it was, but it was the Nuggets series. Wait, Wally got you tickets? Yes, yes. Wally got tickets through nice. my neighbor, who like I said worked at the golf course. He knew Wally, so we sat like two two uh, two rows right behind the Nuggets bench. You know, rookie was he a rookie? Carmelo that he year? He was a rookie. Car- yeah, Carmelo rookie was Carmelo a rookie. Anthony. Francisco Elson and KG were punching each other yeah. in the groin during that series. Yeah, I remember, I remember right. going to that game and loving it. God, it was yeah. a great time. Uh, I was uh, I was a freshman at the U of M watching all the games with uh, with just buddies in the dorms in, in Pioneer Hall. And f- for rent money at the time, I was playing online poker on sites that no longer <laughs> exist. <laughs> That's right. That was my life in 2004. Yeah, we were, Judd and I were thinking, because in 03... I was on the Wild Beat, and they were that's the year they went to the conference finals, obviously. And I remember watching out in Vancouver mm-hmm. at a bar, watching the Wolves play the Lakers. Drinking Kokanee. Drinking I Kokanee. Well. Yeah. And then the next year is when they, uh, um, I actually was there. Uh, I was helped covering the playoffs that year because I was there, wrote the story when. <laughs> When KG brought his missile launchers and his grenades. We played that yesterday. <laughs> um, Can you imagine saying that now? Oh, God. Well, it was funny. <laughs> it was kind of like, controversial then, and now yeah. it would just And be- it was, because, uh, you know, there's no Twitter. And I was sitting there with Dave Campbell uh, from Associated Press, and and uh, as soon as KG said and walked off, I looked at Soup, and we're like, this is not going to go well. You know, you know it's just what the reaction yeah, is going to be. Yeah, it's a huge story right Yeah, then. you just you knew it. To, yeah, and... Uh, but, it, it, you know, it, it, he didn't mean it to be offensive, obviously, and he came back and apologized. But it was 
you know, he just kept going. I'm gonna bring the missile launcher. The grenades. <laughs> it's a great, it's a great it's quote awesome. too. It's a fantastic quote. But I, you know, I tweeted last night. Just like you know, I have a 12 year old son. My youngest one is like he's never seen wolves play off basketball. That's amazing, man. It is. It's amazing. And if you st- we were talking about this off the air, if you start to do the math on, all right, how old would you have to be to recall? Like I was six or seven during the '91 World Series, six years old, and I yeah. do remember watching game six game seven as a six-year-old vaguely so let's say you have to be seven years old to like even recall yeah so you'd have to be you'd be a junior in college you'd be you'd be drinking at bars right now and yeah. have no idea what timberwolves playoff basketball looks sitting like sitting in the house i'm loading up the pump <laughs> i'm loading up the uzi i got a couple m16s a couple nines i got a couple joints with some silences on i'm just loading up clips a couple grenades <laughs> got a missile launcher with a couple you know missiles i'm ready for war all right, Timberwolves. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> a little oh, different. Fourteen, yeah. 14 years later, we've changed the tone of things. Ah, Tim should come in. We got to, we're going to bring the missile launchers. <laughs> you know, Tim's might actually be the guy to bring that back. I, here's just a little fun list of what America looked like the last time the Timberwolves. This is a very cliched list, I know, that everyone's going to do today. But we might as well do it. The obligatory what America looked like when the Timberwolves last played a playoff game. Uh, the Facebook, as it was called, <laughs> thefacebook.com. If you watch the movie, they dropped the the after about a year, and it's just Facebook, obviously, now. But it was thefacebook.com. Had just launched in, like, January or February, or had at least uh, put out some kind of a beta version. MySpace was in its first year in 2004. Twitter, Instagram didn't exist yet. The Nokia 3210 was the most popular cell phone. In America, that little tiny, like, yeah. rectangular Nokia phone that Chris Long, our buddy, I think still has downstairs <laughs> at Channel 5. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had not yet been drafted, and Mo Williams was the Vikings' leading rusher in the prior season going into uh, the last year when the Wolves went to the playoffs. I know this is this is one that's going to resonate with both Chip and Judd. The number one song in the country by Lil John and Usher was, Yeah. Yeah. Ring a bell? No. Mm-hmm. Chip's not, like, I don't know what that is. No, not one bit. Uh, Wedding don't Crashers worry, was the top comedy movie in America. Carrie Underwood had yet to win American Idol in 2004. Lost was the top TV show in America. And uh, Dave's going to like this one. Friends was wrapping up its final season in the spring oh, of 2004. God. They would no longer do episodes. So that's what, that's what America looked like. So Cat was nine. Tyus Jones was eight. Jimmy Butler was uh, 14. The only thing that won't make you feel quite as old, boys, is this: Jamal Crawford was twenty-three, and and <laughs> in his fourth and in his fourth season, he was a veteran. Jamal Crawford was jacking up shots, struggling or not, in his oh, fourth man. season with the Chicago that. Bulls. That's great. Last year was Chicago for him, so at least that oh, makes man. you feel better. Wow. That's hilarious. Uh, then you could go through, if you wanted to, torture yourself even more. You could go through all the obscure Wolves rosters oh. from, like, no, 2005, no. the end of the KG Don't do era. that. You said you wanted to keep this positive. Darko yeah, exactly. 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 Don't a, do that to us, Phil. There was a Mark Let's Blunt talk about area t- in there. Let's talk about Tibbs if you're going to talk about that. Let's talk about what's wrong with the team currently. Oh, Marco Yarich. Come on, you guys. Oh. But, you know, you think about it. You do have to feel... Good for those fans that stuck with it through all those years. That kept their season tickets. That but, hey, sat rolled, through a lot you know of what? bad rolled basketball. up program guy did not stick with it. They brought him back yeah. for the KG Actually, return. Actually, you know what? Yeah. That should be a Star Tribune story. I did. You know, you should find some of I those did. people now. I did, Coach. Yeah. Uh, when KG came back the first oh, yeah. time, yeah, I went and had lunch with no, him. And did a story. No, yeah. but I, but I'm saying pe- people that that didn't give up their tickets that at all during yeah. the past 13 years. 
What's that guy's? God bless him. Did he fall on hard times? What's the? Mm. What was the story that yeah. you wrote there? Yeah, it just uh, some things happened in his business, and then he just sort of felt like it was time and just stepped away. So, but when he came back that first night with KG, you could tell he was over the moon because it was um, it was hard for him not to be able to go to games again. So, but yeah, I mean, for for those loyal fans that stuck through a lot of bad basketball and a lot of non playoff seasons, I'm sure they're just giddy with excitement. Yeah. Now it might just a little quick warning. It might get bad here in the next nine days. It might <laughs> the Rockets are next. You're gonna pour we cold water on the right now. Right? Yeah, 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 celebrate now. It might get bad here I in the next few days. I, you, you made it, so it Agreed. might get bad. It's it a day for bad. celebration. That's fine. Just remember this day. In nine days from now, remember this day, or 10, whatever, 10, 12 days. <laughs> Consider the next four games a learning experience. For a sure. A valuable learning. And you know what? You got two playoff games. It's, it's You're the, sure. And it's going to be a fun environment. It's the PJ yeah. Fleck yeah. mantra, right? There is no losing. There's only learning. Something like that. Or failure yeah, is... Uh, I don't want to go Failure is learning. not an option? No. No, it will be. <laughs> no. No. Failure is an option, and hopefully you learn from it, and fans don't cancel their season tickets. Um, hold on. Let's take a call here real quick. Joe Schmidt from... Uh, are you downstairs right now, Joe? I uh, have to know. <laughs> are you... That w- that w- that would mean I come to work early. <laughs> <laughs> what's what's going on, man? Are you? We're, we're just reflecting well, on uh, 14 years of Wolves playoff drought coming to an end last night. Well, this is a funny story. It's a little bit inside media, but I know you guys will enjoy it. That soundbite you had with Kevin Garnett with the Uzis and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. We, we had an assistant news director who was convinced that there would be a riot if the Wolves won that game. So he put on, like, extra staff. We had people. We were all ready to go <laughs> in case Kevin Garnett's statement came true. Wow. So I was just laughing at him and saying, oh. nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> no, there was- so the game ends, and I happen to be looking at my phone. Tim, he calls me, he said, is there anything going on? And I said, I can't see through the tear gas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's a great media moment, but I just remember when KG said it, it got way, way, way overblown by the media. Not that we would ever do that. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. the other thing we can add to our What America Looked Like list, Joe Schmidt was on his first stint with KSDP TV <laughs> in 2004. Yes. Uh, great yeah, stuff, Joe. my first 22 years stint. So, All right, guys. Thanks, Joe. Take it easy, man. Uh, Joe Schmidt from uh, from Channel Five. Yeah, it's fun. Like it's it's yeah, celebratory it's for sure. Hey, you never complain when the playoffs are in your in your hometown. It's it's just a different vibe. Absolutely. Yep. All right, Chip. Good stuff. All right, boys. See you, Chip. Coming. Find Chip stuff on StarTribune.com and in the uh, good old fashioned newspaper. The Twins. Man, there is a there was a little bit of deja vu for the Twins until the very end that we should get to when we come back. Jim Pete at eleven o'clock on Wolves. Roy Smalley on Twins and plenty more wild as well.